is Sarah Lemon, author of the Whole Dish blog and food writer for the Mail Tribune newspaper in Southern Oregon. This podcast is produced in the Mail Tribune and Rosebud Media. Find it online at mailtribune.com forward slash podcast and read my blog, The Whole Dish at mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. The recent weather may be indicating a turn in summer produce, but locally grown tomatoes have never been more numerous in my kitchen, at least this year. I have peeled and frozen tomatoes. I have made salsa and relish. I've sliced them onto sandwiches. I've tossed them into salads, and I've stirred them into just about any dish I can come up with, from pasta to beans and grains, and still the tomatoes keep coming, or so I said in my most recent blog post. I've been dealing with tomatoes in all kinds of ways, And while it almost seems like the wait is interminable to be able to eat tomatoes indiscriminately, at least when the summer really starts to get going, by this time, we're starting to get a little weary of them, maybe. They're sort of old news. And so I try to keep them interesting with some flavor profiles that we don't rely on all summer throughout our regular menus. And one example of that is in my current blog post for Putinesca crostini. This was posted September 28th under the headline, Pasta-Inspired Spread Enhances Tomatoes. And of course, Putinesca is that famed, but almost ironic pasta dish that people say harks back to shortages in Italy during the world wars, as well as women, women of the night, potentially, who couldn't go out for fresh ingredients, so they used pantry staples. Regardless, if you've heard of Putinesca, if you've made it, if you're a fan of this dish, you know it relies on anchovies, brine-cured olives, capers, and typically chopped canned tomatoes, all things you can keep on hand in your pantry. Of course, this time of year, I'm reaching for the fresh tomatoes. I need to use those up. But these briny, sort of savory, strong, pungent flavors really accent the tomatoes in a way that just other dishes haven't. And so I really liked this idea of the Putinesca crostini, and I made it a few weeks back, actually omitting the step to cook it and just mixed it up with the fresh ingredients like a bruschetta topping. Instead of using anchovies, I had some fresh albacore tuna I brought back from my vacation on the South Coast, and I actually prepared that by conserving it in olive oil, which is essentially poaching the fish in olive oil, and then storing it in that oil, which of course congeals around it in the refrigerator and keeps it from spoiling for at least a week or maybe as long as two, if it lasts that long. It's so delicious. It did not last that long in our house. It made the perfect topping for this Putinesca crostini, and I'll share the recipe for that in this podcast. It's a short recipe, and so I also wanted to share a dish that's very similar in the profile of the capers and olives. It has those in common with the Putinesca crostini. The dish is another Italian classic, caponata. It's an eggplant and tomato relish, and I just made a batch last night because it's perfect for sort of the blemished tomatoes and any kind of odds and ends of eggplant or or the sort of puny ones that it's hard to do much with. I love them in this relish, and I 
typically make it every summer. It freezes well, like so many of the things I have been mentioning in my recent blogs and columns. And I'll share that recipe as well. It's from one of my favorite cookbooks, Jamie's Italy by Jamie Oliver. First, a recipe for puttanesca crostini. You can find this on my September 28th blog post under the headline, Pasta-Inspired Spread Enhances Tomatoes. It calls for eight ounces of olive oil, four or five garlic cloves that have been peeled and minced, one can anchovy fillets in oil that have been drained. That's about two ounces. I also mentioned in the post you can choose anchovy paste if you keep that on hand, which I do for pasta dishes. And particularly if you don't want to actually cook this but stir it up more just like a fresh bruschetta topping, the anchovy paste would be great for that. You can finely chop these anchovy fillets in oil on your cutting board before stirring them in. But if you're gonna cook this, they will just sort of disintegrate into the mixture. You may know that already if you've ever worked with anchovy fillets like this. The recipe also calls for two teaspoons red pepper flakes, six ounces pitted Kalamata olives that have been chopped, two ounces capers that have been rinsed, one 28 ounce can chopped Italian tomatoes or whole tomatoes crushed by hand. Again, substitute fresh garden tomatoes and you're gonna need about a pound and a half to make that substitution. But again, this is sort of a loose recipe. A few ounces more or less tomato is not gonna make that much difference. You also need one bunch fresh parsley, flat leaf parsley that's been chopped. And for serving a loaf of crusty bread, nice artisan bread that's been thinly sliced and toasted, I purchased Coquette Bakery Baguette from Rogue Creamery for this recipe. Start puttanesca crostini by placing a medium pot over medium heat. And to the pot, add the eight ounces olive oil. When the oil's hot, Add the garlic, four or five garlic cloves have been peeled and minced, the can, drained can of anchovy fillets and oil, and the two teaspoons red pepper flakes. Saute until they're fragrant for about one to two minutes. And again, as I previously mentioned, the anchovies will just sort of melt into this mixture. Add the six ounces pitted Kalamata olives have been chopped and the two ounces capers have been rinsed and saute for another two to three minutes. Add the 28 ounce can chopped Italian tomatoes or about a pound and a half chopped fresh tomatoes with their juices. Stir to combine and then stew the sauce for 90 minutes on low heat, stirring occasionally. Once it's stewed, it should be pretty thick and most of the water should evaporate. Add the bunch of fresh parsley that's been chopped and check the mixture for seasoning, adding salt if necessary. Transfer the puttanesca sauce to a serving bowl and serve with the toasted artisan bread. And that makes about three cups sauce. Now, if you're sensitive to tomato skins as mixtures like this stew, which I sort of am, it makes a much more pleasing homogenous textured sauce. If you peel the tomatoes first, if you're using fresh tomatoes, and it's very easy to peel fresh tomatoes. I've been doing it all week. <laughs> Just cut out the core drop them into a pan of simmering water. And if you have a ripe tomato, after about 30 seconds, you'll start to see the skins pull away a little bit. You can take them out of the water and lay them on a kitchen towel. Some sources say to dunk them in ice water to shock them. I find that that step is unnecessary. If they are a ripe tomato, the skins will just slip right off. If you're dealing with underripe tomatoes, you likely will need to take the extra step to shock them in ice water after 
blanching them first in the boiling water to remove the skins and proceed with your recipe. You can certainly do that for this recipe as well. Caponata from Jamie's Italy. I didn't take that extra step when I most recently made it. The recipe doesn't actually call for it, but again, if you're sensitive to that texture of tomato skins that have fallen off in a saute, you may want to consider it. Caponata, which is a traditional Sicilian dish, calls for good quality olive oil. This is sort of as needed, but of course, a lot of Italian recipes and certainly the ones in this cookbook, Jamie's Italy, call for copious quantities of olive oil. So make sure you have plenty on hand and it's a good quality. You'll also need two large purple eggplant cut into large chunks. I actually substitute a Japanese eggplant for this because it's what I had on hand and just diced those up. The recipe will yield a slightly different texture because there's more skin relative to the flesh in a Japanese eggplant, but I actually like the eggplant skin. And if you like it as well, then that may be a good substitution. One heaped teaspoon dried oregano. I used fresh oregano leaves, which are coming on again in my herb pots now that the weather's cooled and they're just lovely. If you have fresh oregano, I'd encourage you to use that as well. Sea salt and freshly ground black pepper to taste. A small red onion that's been peeled and finely chopped. Two garlic cloves that have been peeled and finely sliced. A small bunch of fresh flat leaf parsley. I've also seen recipes for caponata. I posted one to my blog archives a number of years back that also calls for celery. And I happen to have some fresh celery leaves on hand from a family member's garden. And the celery leaves were also lovely in this if you have access to something like that. The recipe also calls for two tablespoons salted capers that have been rinsed, soaked, and drained. A handful of green olives that have been pitted. You can substitute Kalamata olives, which I did because I didn't have green olives on hand. Green olives are really nice in this though, so I'd encourage you to obtain those for this recipe if you don't already have them. You also need two to three tablespoons best quality herb vinegar. I use a red wine vinegar for this or a sherry vinegar. Balsamic vinegar, however, is a little bit too sweet and apple cider vinegar just has a little bit too assertive of a tang. So I'd use a red wine, white wine, or maybe sherry vinegar for this. And finally, you'll need five large ripe tomatoes that have been roughly chopped and an optional two tablespoons toasted slivered almonds if you'd like to sprinkle those on top, but they're for serving only. A garnish when this caponata is finished and ready to serve. In a large pan, pour in a couple of glugs of the olive oil, as Jamie Oliver says, and place it on the heat. Add the diced eggplant chunks and the teaspoon dried or fresh oregano. You can get away with a little bit more if you're using fresh, closer to a tablespoon, I find. Season with a little salt and toss the pan around so the eggplant is evenly coated in the oil. Now cook on high heat for around four to five minutes, giving the pan a shake every now and then. Depending on the size of your pan, you may need to cook the eggplant in batches. When the eggplant's nice and golden on each side, add the small red onion that's been peeled and finely chopped, the two garlic cloves have been peeled and finely sliced or minced, and you're going to take the stalks off the parsley, the stems only, and finely dice those and add those before adding the leaves. So finely dice the stems and add them to this pan of eggplant with the onion, with the garlic. Continue cooking for another couple of minutes. If the pan's looking dry and eggplant do soak up a lot of oil, you can feel free to add a little bit more oil to the pan. 
I don't really worry too much about the calorie count of this. This is a recipe that you're going to eat sort of as a light meal, as an appetizer maybe. The eggplant just makes it nice and rich and delicious, so don't stress about the amount of olive oil you're adding. Toss in the drained capers, that's two tablespoons, and the handful of pitted green olives that have been roughly chopped. I don't think this recipe actually calls for chopping them. If you like a bite of whole olive, that's just fine. I would roughly chop these for this recipe. Then drizzle over the vinegar, approximately two to three tablespoons. Again, red wine, white wine, a homemade herb vinegar if you do have that, or sherry vinegar. When the vinegar has evaporated, add the tomatoes and simmer for about 15 minutes or until the whole mixture is tender. When the vinegar is evaporated, add the five large, ripe, roughly chopped tomatoes and simmer for about 15 minutes or until tender. Taste the caponata before serving and season as needed with salt and pepper, maybe a little bit more vinegar. Drizzle the top with some good olive oil, more olive oil, and serve it sprinkled with the chopped parsley leaves and if you like, some toasted slivered almonds. And that makes four servings of caponata. One of my favorite recipes from Jamie's Italy by Jamie Oliver. That really complements the flavors in Puttanesca Crostini, which you can find on my blog from September 28th under the headline, Pasta-Inspired Spread Enhances Tomatoes. And look for more tomato recipes as long as they last and seasonally fresh dishes as we transition into fall on my blog, The Whole Dish, at mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. Thanks for listening to and reading The Whole Dish.